0: Jesus name. Amen. 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 Remind me about the announcements afterwards. Uh, amen. So I'm not going to preach long today cause I want mother to get her ice cream. And really could I talk last week that I said I was going to talk about, you know, I am the gate and I am the shepherd. There's no way I could, cause we're not going to get through all this in, in one, uh, and it's funny because I was like, well, you know, um, and not that I was being prideful, but I was like, well, I've been taught on this a couple of times, you know, with Jesus being the shepherd. And um, I don't have to do as much studying as I normally do. But lo and behold, he just takes me down a tunnel path. So. <laughs> but here we are. So, but I learned some things. I learned some things that I didn't know. So, amen. So let's turn to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. And for those who are wondering, Marshall and the girls, they had a uh uh the girls were in some competition. They made it to I think regionals or something, so they had to they're in Charlottesville. Yeah, so they thought they would be back in time, but they're still sitting in Charlottesville, I believe. So <laughs> Amen. So John chapter ten. And you know, and we, we read the first half of this last week, but um I'm gonna start at uh ten. I know we went over ten last week, but John chapter 10, beginning at verse 10. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Verse 11. I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. So what does good mean here? Good means beautiful, handsome, excellent, eminent, choice, surpassing, precious, useful, suitable, commendable. Admirable and excellent in its nature and characteristics, right? So that is Jesus all in one, right? And Jesus calls all the under shepherds to follow his character, right? Now, I'll say this we're never going to have a perfect church and perfect pastors, perfect leaders, nor no perfect Christians because sometimes we, you know, when we be in church, you know, we recognize our flaws, but when it comes to people in leadership, we don't want to accept their flaws, right? So we have to understand when we're not until the Lord comes back and we get our glorified bodies. None of us are going to be perfect. We're going to make mistakes. Amen. But we don't continue to practice those things. Right. So there's a difference between a, some a sin and sinner. Right. Sin is missing the mark. Right. So we're all guilty of that. But we shouldn't be sinners because sinners mean you're, you're devoted to sin. So you're practicing sin. Right. So that should not be a believer. All right. So let's continue on. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. Verse 14. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known by my own as the father knows me even so I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep see the bad shepherd meaning the hireling he's not going to lay down his life for the sheep and we'll talk about more of this later on but the good shepherd which is Jesus he's gonna, he, he says here that he lays down he did lay down his life for the sheep which is us right it's Israel and it's us you know shepherds are known to protect the sheep Right, But it would be rare for a shepherd to give their own life for the sheep. But Jesus, as a true shepherd, gave his life for the sheep. Amen? Amen. Alright, verse 16. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they will hear my voice. There's that voice again. Remember we talked about it last week. That voice. Right? Because there's the, it comes in different tones, but it's one voice. And that voice is the word of God. Right? So what's coming from behind the pulpit? That has to be the voice of Christ. If it's something that's not lined up with the word of God, that's not the voice of Christ. I don't care how much somebody claims to be a believer. And there will be one flock and one shepherd. One flock and one shepherd. So we should not be competing against one another. But yet, that's what we do. We we, we tend, oh, my church is this, your church is that. We're, We're supposed to be one body. But we tend to forget that. One body. So, being one body means, hey, no matter where we go throughout this world, if we come across other believers, we should be at home and should be able to have church. But that's not always the case, is it? Verse 17. Therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have... Power to lay it down and have power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. Therefore, there was a division again among the Jews because of these sayings. And many of them, verse 20, and many of them said, He was a demon and is mad. Why do you listen to him? Others said, These are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? All right, so we'll stop right there, verse 21. So, um, I want, you know, my job is to make sure we, we give out sound doctors. So a lot of times when we read this chapter, we're going to read it as in one whole setting. Right. So you all heard me talk about uh, last week, how uh, chapter seven, eight, nine and ten all go together. And it's all one one instance of how they're at the Feast of Tabernacles. Well, verse 22 between verse 21 and verse 22 is actually two and a half to three months difference right there. So I want to, even though he continues with the shepherd, it's a whole different setting. So how do we know that? Because the feast of the tabernacles, like I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, was in the fall season, right? So it was the fall season. That's where Jesus said, "What I am the light," right? So now the feast of dedication, that's in the winter, and it says there in the scripture, in verse twenty-two, that it's in the winter time because that's usually in the November and December time frame, right? So. We may not be familiar with the Feast of Dedication, but we're familiar with it as another name, as a Hanukkah. Because that's what the Feast of Dedication is, Hanukkah, right? So it's right there in the Bible. So, But the Feast of Tabernacles was ordained and mandated by God for them to celebrate. Uh, the Feast of Dedication was not, right? But they still celebrated it. Why? Because we all familiar with Alexander the Great, right? So he conquered, he conquered the world, and then he, he ended up dying, and then his kingdom was Broken into three separate kingdoms, right? So you had two of them that was in constant battle: the Ptolemies and the Seleucids. So the the Ptolemies they were they were tolerant of the Jews, and they were allowed in the worship. But the Seleucids they weren't that way, right? So it was going to be what we say, and that's it. So they had a they had a, a, a king that came in uh, by the name of Antiochus Epiphanes, right? So he took out all the priests, all the good priests out of the temple. And then he put in his own priests in there. Right? And guess what they did? They started doing corrupt things. And then he came in there and sacrificed the pig on the altar. Right? So you had a person by the name of Judas Maccabees and it really was his father that started it. Uh, Mattathias. Uh, they started to do what was called guerrilla warfare. And guerrilla warfare still happens today. <laughs> so, and they were going to to gain control of the temple in the area again right because they saw what was going on so mattathias he passes away and judas maccabees takes over and actually and judas maccabees actually dies and his brother ends up leading them to victory because what ends up happening they end up merging with uh a kind of a flailing empire at the time or they weren't an empire yet but the romans right so the romans ended up helping them And then guess what happens when the Romans, we know that they started to take control of things, right? But they did regain the temple, right? So that's why they celebrate Hanukkah. And normally during Hanukkah, we're familiar with Hanukkah, and normally they'll read Psalm 30, right? And and they'll recognize, and they had to wonder, how did they get so bad? How did things get so bad? And, you know, even though we can see that, you know, Judas Maccabees and them, they had to revolt and they regained the temple, But all wasn't good because the Romans ended up taking taking over. Right. And oppressing the Jews. Right. That's just a little history lesson. (laughs) I like history. (laughs) Amen. All right. So we, we see here Jesus is talking about the shepherd. Right. So shepherd. And believe it or not, if you don't know this, shepherd and pastor in the Greek is the same meaning. Right. So a pastor. Is a shepherd. Right. Uh, Elder is a shepherd. Now, uh, shepherd means this in the Greek. It means the presiding officer, manager, director of any assembly. So of Christ, the head of the church, of the overseers of the Christian assemblies, of kings and princes. So in the Old Testament, the kings and the princes were also known as shepherd. Right. So um, Joshua was known as a shepherd. David was known as a shepherd, even as being a king. Why? Because shepherds are supposed to do what? Take care of the people. Right. So believe it or not, when we see our leaders today, they're technically shepherds. But we talked about before we have bad shepherds, right? (laughs) We have bad shepherds because shepherds like Jesus did. he, He did what? He gave his life. Right. He was willing. Let's turn to Mark chapter six. And understand, we may have bad shepherds no we'll have good shepherds that may end up becoming hirelings right and then we may have some that are not necessarily hirelings but they're like immature right and they may not be a good shepherd right away but they may eventually come to that if they submit to the Lord right so alright so Mark chapter 6 verse 30 Right. so this is where the um The disciples come back from when he sent them out. The disciples come back here. So then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they they, they did not even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. But the multitude saw them departing. And many knew him and ran there on foot from all the cities. They arrived before them and came together to him. Verse 34. And Jesus, and when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them. Because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So what did he do? He began to teach them many things. Right? He didn't just heal them and just feed them, but he also taught them. And then going back up to verse 30, when the... uh the disciples come back. They say this. Then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. Right? Because that's what a good shepherd's going to do. It's gonna, they're going to teach. Right? They're going to teach because how else will we know? So it's an issue. It's a problem when we have Christians that say, you've heard me say it before, that uh, I don't go to church. I don't need church. I got the Bible. I can hear it from God myself. And that's it. No, because why did he give us the fivefold ministry? Right. It's not designed to work that way. And we're going to see about that in in a little bit. Probably not this week, but dealing with the sheep. So, you know, a lot of times when we see with the, uh, the 12 disciples and we know that there was crowds following Jesus. Right. So a lot of times they saw it as work. Jesus didn't see it as work. That's why he was able to have compassion on her. So a lot of times, Jesus put the people's needs, the needs of the people, before his own. That's a good shepherd. That's a good shepherd. Right? And that's the character that shepherds are supposed to have. Actually, that's character that all Christians, we should have. Right? Because, and I know we like to hold, you know, pastors and leaders accountable. But truth be told, we should all fall into that mode. We should all have those characteristics. All right. So, going back to John chapter 10. Alright, so, let's talk about a shepherd. A shepherd's primary responsibility is the safety and welfare of the flock. Some flocks may include as many as 1,000 sheep. Right? 1,000 sheep. But guess what? We, we learned last week that Jesus knows his sheep. Right? The shepherd's going to know their sheep. Right? So, even the fact that you got 1,000, so they, they can have anywhere from 450 to 1,000 sheep. They, they're going to know their sheep. We, we have to know, as shepherds, we have to know the sheep. Alright, so what else? The shepherd will graze the animals, herding them to areas of good forage, and, and keeping a watchful eye out for poisonous plants. The tasks of a near eastern shepherd were to watch for enemies, trying to attack the sheep, to defend the sheep from attackers, to watch over their health, to heal the wounded and, and sick sheep. So what does James chapter 5 say? If there are any sick among you, let them do what call for the elders of the church and anoint them, right? And that's what a good shepherd should do, right? That that's a part of what a shepherd does, right? We know that Jesus is the healer, right? But we're conduits, right? So it's not, oh, I'm I'm too busy for this. No, that's what a shepherd's supposed to do. Remember, Jesus put the needs of the people before His own, right? Because I've I've heard over the years pastors say, well, I don't want to give out my number, I. You know, I can understand if you, you know, if you got a church of five, ten thousand, 10,000, whatever. But sometimes it'd be a church of 30, 50 people. And it's like, you can't get, if you need to get in contact with me, call so-and-so. That's not being a good shepherd. Right? That's not being a good shepherd. That's not taking care of your flock. Right? All right. So what else should they do? To find and save lost or trapped sheep. Right? So we know that there's lost sheep out there. Lost sheep meaning... That there's some people who have not come into the fold yet, right? Because we know what we learned that the Father draws them to Jesus, right? So that's the job of the shepherd to find, and that's the job of all of us, right? Y'all gonna find out where I'm going with this. <laughs> Maybe not this week, but next week, right? But that's the job for all believers at that point, right? All right, to find and save lost or trapped sheep, to love them. Right? So, love, we, we see with Jesus, he just loved people. Right? Because what? Love is patient. Love is kind. Amen. Right? That, that's true unconditional love. Right? But we don't see that a lot of times. Right? Because we have this flesh. A lot of times, right? And remember what I said there's not going to be a perfect shepherd here because Jesus was the only perfect shepherd. All right? All right? To love them, sharing their lives, and so earning their trust. Right, that means you have to get to know your sheep, right? And I've already even said this at work. The supervisor—it's an indictment on the supervisor to not know their employees, whether or not they're married or not, how many kids they have. That's not being a good supervisor, because believe it or not, supervisors are shepherds too, right? But again, we have good shepherds and bad shepherds, right? <laughs> but. We should know one another. Alright, so what else? They shear their flock. Shear means they cut off the wool of the sheep, right? So that is, that takes two, right? That takes the sheep cooperating, standing still, right? And the shepherd coming to to shave it off, right? So so it is uh, uh, shearing their flock. It is designed to keep them cool in the summer. To protect the sheep from infestation of diseases and flies. And to help protect the sheep from, from enemies. If not sheared properly. The wool can cause what? Blindness to the sheep. Helps to remove. The shearing helps to remove any dirt, debris, and parasites that may be living in the wool. Okay? So now. how's the a true shepherd Jesus Christ shear us? Right? He tells us what? In Ephesians 4. To put off the old nature. Right? That's him shearing us. Put off the old nature, right? In order for that takes cooperation from us and the Lord through the power of the Holy Spirit, right? That is the power of the Holy Spirit that keeps us from going out and sinning willfully, right? So he shares us by we have to do what? We have to crucify our flesh, right? And we, well, we talked about it a while ago, right? That's driving that stake down into the flesh, right? Because it hurts and it's hard. Right. So no matter what we've been delivered from, what the enemy could come back and bring temptation right now, the more we grow in the Lord. Now that t- temptation seems to weaken more and more. Right. But if we start to dwell on those things. Right. Because sometimes have you ever been somewhere, and you, you, you get a thought, you're like, where'd that thought come from? I don't normally think like that. Where'd that come from? Right. That's the enemy. Because sh- he attacks the mind. Right. So what else does uh, a true shepherd do? So the true shepherd, Jesus Christ, protects us from our enemies when we share off the old nature. So first Peter five and eight says, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, devour meaning to swallow up. So let's, let's break. I, I said this a while ago. I, I think I did. Right. Lions don't just attack and kill. Lions strangle to kill you. Right. Then once you're dead, then they eat you. Right. So that's what the enemies do. He's seeking whom he may devour. Same thing with these thoughts. If we start to dwell in those thoughts and he sees us start to give into things, watching things, listening to things that we normally, that we shouldn't be listening to, guess what? He's coming in. That's his way of trying to devour us. Right? But again, we have to let the true shepherd shear us from that. Right? We have to stay under the protection of Christ. We have to stay in his word. We have to stay in his presence. Well, I read about the blindness comes to us. So blindness comes to us when we don't allow that old nature to be shared. Right? So how does he get that old nature to, to come back up? The enemy. Right? We read it this past Wednesday. Luke 8.14. Right? The cares of this world. Right? Money. Right? Pride. That's what the enemy will try to cause up in us. Right? And then when we, when we allow those things to come. And we read it that what? Um, it brings no fruit to maturity, right? So we never mature. So now we stay in that old nature and we're doing things that we shouldn't be doing. Or the things that we used to do, you know, and then we stop. Now we're starting to go back and do those things. And then we do what? Like First Timothy says what? Our conscience becomes seared. Now the things that we're doing, so let's say you have a believer that's bound in pornography, right? That requires deliverance. Or bound in alcohol, that requires deliverance. But a lot of churches don't talk about the deliverance part. Right. Marshall talked about it Wednesday. Deliverance has to come in in that. Right. So now if we start to give in those things now you may have a Christian that's bound in pornography and they literally want to stop. But they don't know how to stop. Right. And then they may go talk to somebody but it's the power of Christ that's going to get them to stop. It's the anointing that's going to get them to stop. Right. And they can stop instantaneously. Same thing with the drug addiction. They can stop instantaneously. Right? But it's only by the power of Christ right. that can get them to stop and to bring deliverance. In that. and, and that's what we as believers... See, we don't, we're, we're not supposed to be just coming here and just learning, but we, we come here, we learn, and we go we mobilize. Right? We, we, we're supposed to mobilize and we're supposed to be what? The church. Right? We're supposed to be the church. I mean, you think about all these churches here. Right. But how how many of us are truly mobilized? I mean, I think I counted just in this one block radius, six churches. Well, seven, if you count us and the one that meets here on Sunday. Right. So. But are we are we mobilizing like we should? Right. You know, we get so caught up in. Uh, oh, they took God out of school. They took God. No, they did. Because if you got a believer, they didn't take God out of there. All my signature in my email, because I work for the police department. I got Romans five and eight in bold letters, in large letters at the end of my signature. But God commended His love, but no, but God commended His love toward us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Right? There, I send it to everybody. Nobody has once told me to get rid of it. But see, when we go, what we do as Christians is we do stuff, and then we want to argue about it. And then that creates a problem. No. Just do it. So same thing Marie. I thought you were talking about a Wednesday. Right? You stay at the work and you started praying. That's the church. Right? I know youth groups that have been to schools. And had prayer meetings in the morning. Before school starts at the flagpole. They never told them to stop doing that. Oh no. They taking God. No they did. You just not walking in what you're supposed to be walking in. So you want. Like I said, Wednesday, we want the government who are not saved to teach people how to be saved. What that creates is bad religion, bad religion. And that's what happened years ago where you had people going out the night before, Saturday night, Friday night, and then they show up in church and they sit there and they get a word and then they go home. That's not being a church. They're not saved. Right. They're 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 religious. And I talked about religion before. Right. But they're bad religious. right? They're, they're not good. They're not living for Christ. Right. So I got a coworker at work and his son goes to a, a private Christian school. And he said his son had been complaining about the school because they're starting to do things because they're trying to get money in. And I guess they started out good. But the fact that they're trying to raise money. They're starting to go off on the wild end, so they're starting to bring speakers in, and they brought in one person, and I think he's like, he's like 12, 12, 13. and he said he told his dad, he said, "Dad, they brought in some evangelists from out west, and he's talking about being intimate with his wife and things like." Now this is before kids, right? So this is what his son said. He said, "Dad, you might as well you and mom just need to put me in public school, cause at least you don't have to pay for this." And it's true. And see, what we've done is we've been taught to take our kids out of public school, place them in private Christian schools, and a lot of these private Christian schools are not good. Right? But now, and then we wonder why God is not in the schools anymore because Christians are pulling their kids out. And they're getting indoctrinated with something else. Right? So, no, they didn't take God because it wasn't ever their job to put God in a school. What? They don't know Him. All they know is what? Half time. The Ten Commandments. That's it. Right? So, no. We have teachers. We have police officers, firefighters, social workers. They never take... The Look, we have to be the church. We have to be the church and be who we're supposed to be. And their lives will be the change, but we're not doing that. Right? And this is why we have so many Christians who are bound because we get sucked in to these things <laughs> and then we start to believe these things. And no, right? We got to believe and we have to know who we are in Christ. Amen. So we're not to just come here and sit here and then go and do nothing. No, we still got to be the church. Now, it doesn't mean that we go and we inundate everybody with Jesus Christ all the time. You have to live out. Why do you think they said Jesus was a good man? It wasn't always about what he talked about. They saw how he lived in comparison to the Pharisees. Right? So we see most of the time that Jesus dealt with the Pharisees, but he dealt with the Sadducees too. But who was the main group of people that Jesus ministered to? It was usually lower class people. The Sadducees were more ministering to teaching the rich people. Right? So that's why we don't see them as much. But they were just as corrupt as the Pharisees. Alright. So Jesus says he is the good shepherd. And the thing about it is. When we talked about I am. So we learned about already that I am. Jesus being I am the, the, uh, the bread of life. I am the light of the world. Right. And then we are going to learn about how I am the resurrection. So Jesus is just playing He is I am. So is, I am whatever good we want to add to it. I am healer. That's what he is. Right? Those of us who need somebody, who we're talking about, oh, I'm lonely, I need a friend. No, I am friend. That's what Jesus is. But we have to spend time with him. Right? So, he is everything that we can ever imagine or ever want. So he is the good shepherd and he gives and what he's doing is giving a comparison, what the good shepherd being Jesus to the one that's a hireling. Right? So hirelings were not unusual in the Bible. Right? Because guess what? You may not have had a lot, you may not have had a lot of shepherds available. Right? Now we've probably seen all maybe old cowboy shows, right? And they'll hire a ranch hand, and then their ranch hand usually gets fired sometimes because they're not doing right. <laughs> That's where the Highland is, right? They're not doing right. The Highland is all about themselves, right? They're just there to get paid, right? So, (laughs) you know, they had to hire Highlands because there wasn't enough shepherd, right? And the same thing, remember I talked about, I think it was last week or the week before, that um, I talked to somebody in a seminary school director. Well, I didn't talk uh, I heard about it. Um, And they talked about how there's not a lot of pastors being trained up. A lot of people not going. That's all plot by the enemy. Why? Because if they don't go, the enemy is going to bring hirelings in. And we have a lot of that. I I know a church and they've been looking for a pastor for well over a year. Right? But the people who've been putting in, they're concerned about getting paid and their salary. Right? They can't afford a full-time pastor. Right. And they they got a decent, healthy congregation. They can't afford a full time pastor, But some of these people that are putting in, they have no desire to shepherd the sheep. It's about what they can get and then what they're going to get. They'll come over, they'll get what they need, and then they're going to bounce to somewhere else. Right. So I knew I say knew because they moved somewhere else. Pastors years ago. And um, it's when we first moved here. And they took over for because I guess the dad passed away to the pastor and then the son took over. And I, I told y'all before how you can have a ministry, it goes corruption free <laughs> when usually dad is in charge. And then when the girl gets turned over to the, the son, usually things start to happen. Right? So what happened was uh the son and his wife became the pastors and then things you know, they're full-time pastors, both of them, but you can only meet with them during office hours. And guess what their office hours were? Nine to two, right? What are most of the sheep doing during that time? Working, right? <laughs> Working. So they didn't have much time. And, and they weren't about really training people up. Now, they were good in some areas. They were good in some areas. They were good as far as visiting the, the, the sick. and some. But what happened was... God brought people in to help them, right? Because you can have a pastor that's weak in certain areas, but God will bring other people to help them, right? But it's up to the pastor to heed that and recognize that. But a lot of times that don't always happen, right? So what ended up happening? They, they, they had land there. He had material for them. They ended up building a the building. They lost the building. Then they moved somewhere across town. And guess what? Then the church ended up folding. And then now they're going to end up messing up another church somewhere else down south. I'm not going to say where it is, but down south. Right? Because guess what? Their hours are still the same. (laughs) Their hours are still the same. Right? That's not not being a good shepherd. That's not being a good shepherd. All right. So definition of a hire on the head means a wage worker. Right? A person who serves for hire... Especially for purely mercenary motives. So, mercenary means concerned about making money at the expense of others. Right? That's what a hireling is. And we have some people behind the pulpit. They're just concerned about making money. They're just concerned about, just like I mentioned about that church. Right? They got salary demands. And don't get me wrong. Pastors should get paid by the, by the church. Right? But not at the expense of uh, being a burden to the people. Right? Because that's all you care about. Because my thing is, if you're a full-time pastor, your hours should not be 9 to 2. <laughs> yeah. If I could work full-time and work another job and still have time to visit people, come on. Alright? So, hireling. Unlike a true shepherd, the hireling was only an employee. He would use his walking stick to drive the sheep to where he wanted them to go instead of walking ahead of them and leading them to safety. Remember what I talked about? Right. The shepherds lead. Right. You don't drive sheep. You drive cattle. Right. Because driving is being harsh. So it was far more likely that a hireling would lose a sheep from negligence than would a shepherd. So a real shepherd would leave the flock and go and search for the lost sheep. Right. You ever been in church where somebody's not showing up and nobody calls them, checks on them. Right. And in truth again. It's not just the shepherd's job. That's everybody's job. Right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes, there's been times that some of y'all didn't show up. I'm like, well, did something happen? Where y'all at? (laughs) Right? -hmm. No. We want to know because we're we're concerned. Mm -hmm. Right? We're we're, we're concerned. Mm -hmm. So that's what a shepherd should be. Right? That's the motives. And again, that's what all of us should be. And that usually ends up causing people to leave churches a lot of times. Right, because they feel hurt, and then you want to go somewhere else now. Because you didn't notice I was missing all this time. You mentioned about your previous <laughs> right. You have been gone for over a year, <laughs> Yeah, that 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 shouldn't be. That shouldn't be. And again, that's not just the job of the shepherd. That's the job for all the believers. All right. So the hireling will also sleep at the sheep pen. We I talked about that last week. I. The shepherd would sleep at the sheep end because Jesus said, I am the gatekeeper, right? That's the only way you were going to get in, through the gatekeeper, through that shepherd that's there. So a hireling would sleep there as well. But if danger presented itself, it was far more likely that the hireling would flee for his own life and for his own safety than to put in jeopardy by defending the flock. Right? That's that's not being a good shepherd. Right? And, And the same thing again. If you're supervising people, that's part of being a good shepherd. Because you are in a position of shepherd. So when the Lord talks about talks to us about uh, of being under shepherds, he is saying that he wants us to act, to think and act like true shepherds, which is Jesus. That's the characteristics that we're supposed to have. Like Jesus. Right? It's, it's not about me, but it's about Jesus. Right? So if if we're being like Jesus then we're going to walk in love, we're going to be like Jesus, we're going to have compassion, right? We're going to do things we may not want to do, right? That we may, because we're going to put the needs of others before ourselves. Because when we start to put our needs, then that's being selfish, right? Jesus wasn't selfish. Now, don't get me wrong. There are times where we may need some me time, right? But that's okay. It shouldn't be every day of the week, (laughs) Right? And truth be told, there are a lot of pastors that think like that. They are. When you, I always find it funny. I might have said this before. You know, when you go visit a church one or two times, that's when you're going to get the unconditional love from everybody. Right? You're going to get the unconditional love the first two, three times. Soon as you decide to join the church, well, before you join the church, you can reach the pastor by the phone. Here's my number. Let's go out to eat. Soon as you join the church, call the pastor. Voicemail. <laughs> And then they may call you at 10 o'clock at night, 9:30, 10 o'clock, hey, I just got your boy. No, you didn't. You just chose to ignore it, right? Because <laughs> usually if I can't get back to somebody, I usually text them and say, hey, I'm tired up. I'll get back to you. Right? That's that. Even when I was in the Navy and I was a regional uh, <laughs> command, uh, career counselor, I had 20-something units up under me. Right? And I got inundated with emails all throughout the week, even beyond reserve weekend. But if I couldn't, if I was tired of my work, I would respond, hey, I got it, I'll give back to you. That's a decent thing to do. Right? And guess what? That's a thing, decent thing for every Christian to do. Alright? Right? So what does a hireling care about? The money. Or some other materialistic benefit. In other words, their own self-interest. Right? So why does, like verse 12, why does the hireling leave the sheep and flee when he sees the wolf coming? A hireling is interested in doing the least amount of work possible in order to get paid. Right? They're expecting to get paid just to sit around and, and watch sheep eat, right? Hey, think about it with our kids. Right? You may have some babysitters like that. They're just concerned about getting paid. I used to work with uh, youth and family crimes. I've seen cases like that where Somebody watching kids, and guess what? They taking care of their own kids, and the kids they're watching, they're somewhere getting abused. So who were the highlands back then? It was they were the leaders of Israel. They were the Pharisees, the Sadducees, there, right? and them, right? And and it's like I said, Jesus is saying all this right in the open. Right? He, he's not hiding it. He's talking to people, but. The Pharisees can hear, him, plain as day. They can hear. Him. And it's like I said last week. We, we wonder why they were trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. Alright? Because he didn't hold back. Oh. Alright. I'm gonna finish up because uh, I thought I'd be. Alright, we'll stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> um because I don't want to go into the Old Testament. I was gonna go into the Old Testament, but that will take home. Um but yeah, so you know, we gotta understand. You know, there's certain characteristics that shepherds need to have, but truth be told, there's certain characteristics all believers should have. Right? The uh, Because, you know, we're, we're all accountable to one another. Right? And y'all heard me say this before even when we were, when we were having service at the house. Right? You're not going to hear a lot of churches teach on Timothy and Titus. Why? Because that holds the pastor accountable. You're not going to have a lot of churches teach on this. Not from a pastoral standpoint, because it holds the pastor accountable, right? A lot of times pastors don't want to be held accountable. Truth be told, right? A lot of Christians don't want to be held accountable. (laughs) But we we, we are accountable to Jesus first and foremost, right? And we're accountable to our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, right? And not just the ones here, but any believer we come across, right? And we wonder why Christians get such a bad name, because how do we? what character are we showing when we're out there? When we leave the church. Right? It's just like I said, you know, years ago, it was nothing special in the South for somebody to, like I said, hang out all weekend and then go to church. Yeah. And then people see that that don't go to church. No. Why should I? Because you're no different than me. You're just wasting your Sunday or your Saturday. Right? No. But we have to Allow Christ's light to shine through us, right? We have to stop making excuses. And if there's something that you need deliverance in, then you need to ask. Them. You need to speak up, right? Because we all deal with things, right? But these things shouldn't have us totally bound. Amen. Right? And we talked about it Wednesday, right? But I mean, we get so comfortable, and, and, and I'll say this and I'll close. But one of the reasons why people don't get delivered because sometimes they do go to the pastor. Pastors so busy trying to counsel them sometimes, and y'all heard me even say at the house, we have to pray, right? Doesn't necessarily mean that a person is possessed, but they could be oppressed
1: mm-hmm.
0: with a demon, demonic spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Counseling's not going to help that. Prayer mm-hmm. is needed for that, Amen. right? And, and sometimes counseling is good. And what happens a lot of times, pastors overstep because they're not equipped to counsel certain people. So pastors should have somebody on speed dial for somebody to be able for somebody at the church to be able to go talk to, right? Because you're not going to talk to somebody that's been sexually assaulted one or two sessions and that's it. No, there's some things there, right? And, And these are things that pastors tend to overstep and they're not qualified for. And these are things we have to be careful of. But that's one of the main reasons I say that because we have so many Christians walking around bound. Bound in so much sin that they're not set free, they're not delivered. Right? We don't say things, right? I tell my wife all the time, one reason why I love Byron, Byron, Byron will tell him himself in a minute. <laughs> I don't even know if he realizes it. Do you realize it? <laughs> and it's because he's open. He's open and he's honest. He doesn't try to hide anything. Amen. Right? So, God will be able to come in and heal him. Of anything because he just comes right out, he's not trying to hide it. We have so many Christians that won't even get in the prayer line, especially Christians in leadership, won't even get in the prayer line because what are people gonna think? Mm-hmm. No, we have to have walking humility, we have to open because we all deal with stuff, exactly. right? But we get embarrassed, and embarrassment is pride, right? Because Jesus knows, but we have to ask him for help, right? And he, he's given his body here. Well, there's no judgment in that, right? And I told you, even the Lord gives me word, it's not due to embarrassment, right? Because he wants to see you, I, set free. He doesn't want us bound in vices and sins and things like that. No, he wants, because the enemy will wreak havoc with you. See, the enemy doesn't have to kill you. he just keep you bound. Mm-hmm. he just keep you bound. And then he will use you from that point on. Right, but Jesus wants you set free so you can go and fulfill His plans and purposes for your life. Amen. Amen. All right, let's bow our heads.